Not just for art, not just for creatives, but for life, every single thing in the whole entire world is interwoven. And if you don't realise that yet, when you do, it's going to be like a mind-blowing experience. I think that's why we have to create. Personally, for me, that's why I physically have to get these ideas and these notions and these epiphanies that I have out some way or form because otherwise they're just too gargantuan to keep in your tiny human brain. You know what I mean? We need to share them. Because everything's too interconnected for to deal with, I think. And that comes back to like environment and our effect on it. So we need to raise awareness through art and creativity. Hey there, glad you could make it. You've been invited to Arty Party. My name's Jay and I will be your host. This is a fortnightly radio show and podcast that brings artists and creatives together to make connections and celebrate their craft. Whether grassroots, emerging or established, anyone is invited. And together we chat projects and passions, events and exhibitions, artistic insight and advice. Today, with me, Shannon Pearl. Hello. Hello. <laughs> nice to be here. In a sauna, apparently. <laughs> it's so warm in here. <laughs> I walked in and just had to open like the doors for like... I have minutes. been cold all week, so it is nice, but now I'm thinking maybe I should have wore a bikini to this interview or something. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it is bikini weather in here. Yeah, 100%. Just the sand in the corner. There's a palm tree over there. That's what that is. <laughs> it's real. Coconuts and everything. <laughs> Shannon, who are you and why the hell are you in this sauna? I am Shannon Pearl and I'm in this sauna because I just want to talk about stuff if you want to talk about stuff I've released some <laughs> things recently which I'm very proud of and thought everyone might be interested to know to describe yourself as an artist because there's a mixture of stuff there is am I right in thinking sound artist singer songwriter nearly a celebrant <laughs> nearly how would you sum up the totality of you I don't actually have a term <laughs> it's hard right I need to come up with one a creative a creatrix a creator. You don't need to make any word. I want to. Bellatrix. No. Someone said that to me once and I thought it was great. <laughs> I was like, who? Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, we'll have that. Oh. Um, no, I'm a singer. I occasionally write articles, review music, and I also occasionally do sound art. I'm training to be a celebrant, which will come into fruition soon. I've got my fingers in a lot of different creative pies, let's just say. But mm. my main passion, my main work is being a musician and singing and creating music. And you're so good at it. Oh, thanks. I do love it. I think I'm very lucky to be able to pursue what I love and what I have wanted to do since I was little. I don't think a lot of people are doing the dream careers, but I am. So I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> Proud of you. Oh, thanks. You're like my number one support boy, so thank you. <laughs> I can't be your number one. Come you on. Are. Oh, my you God. Wanna, you're in like the top... I'm going to say three people. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Considering we met like 2014 or something. I barely remember it. You were in the foyer in the media centre at the university. It's funny. First impressions. I remember you like (laughs) definitely know who you are forever. And you're with John. Yeah. Who you are the duo of Yuma together. Mm -hmm. And I forgot John's surname. Timney. John Timney. (laughs) It's like Chimney. but Yeah. Everyone remembers it because Chimney. (laughs) 
<laughs> he doesn't smoke, though. Hmm, that's a shame for mm, the metaphor. It would have been funny. But good for his health. <laughs> yeah. You were with John Timney, mm-hmm. and what did we do? I don't remember what we talked about. I, just, I, I got remember. your business card for Yuma. Yeah, it was a really bad business it, card. You scribbled on it? Awful. <laughs> You remembered us, though. <laughs> I did, because I, I think I went to listen to you on the Spark database uh-huh. and really enjoyed your stuff. I mean, I, I think we had a single out. Right. I think it might have been Dirty Dollar. It probably was, because that's our most well-known song, and it was from the beginning of How long have you been making music with John as Yuma? I want to say nine years. So I met John in uni and we were put into a group. You're now. joking. Wait, so you, you were like working <clears throat> on a group project together in uni? Yeah. And that worked out? Worked out really good. Like most of the time when I hear people getting put together on group projects. They hate it so bad. Uh-huh. Well, I got put in one group, didn't enjoy it. And I was like, oh, I need to move. So I asked my lecturer if I could move groups and there wasn't any groups left. There was John and I was like, can I have John, please? And they were like, yeah, go and ask him. And then we ended up doing a jazz set. We had to sing at a corporate event in the Glass Centre. Ooh. And it was really nervy because it was like our first gig together and terrifying. That's amazing. But yeah, we had a little band and me and John out of the band gelled really well. We both knew each other's tastes and music were very similar and we were just on the vibe. So we continued creating music after that. That was the makings of me, I would say. Dirty Dollar. That was the song about when you're at work and you don't want to be in the job that you're in, but you have to because you have bills to pay. So it's like, I am a slave to the dollar. I loved my job at the time, but it was panto season and I worked at Sunderland Empire. I was dressed as Snow White on the front of the doors because it was Snow White. I wasn't in the panto, but I was just front of house being Snow White to greet the children. And I was so popular with Snow White that kept me there for the whole run of the panto. Wow. And by the end of it, I'd had like six colds. I'd been sicked on twice. Honestly, like my dress was ripped because children were hanging on it. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I love it, but no. <laughs> and in the works of that, that is where that song was born. I'm a slave to the And to this day, that's still like your biggest... Like... Yeah, everyone loves that song. That's the one everyone knows. If oh. we play a Yuma original show, everyone will be singing that Dirty song. Dollar. Yeah, it's funny what sticks. <laughs> and I like the place it came from as well. It's the idea of the you need to get by, and so you have to force yourself to yeah. work in this place. As well, that was before 
personally I knew where I wanted life to go I didn't have a very good idea of where I wanted to end up all I knew was I needed to find a way to have as little time doing things I didn't want to do as possible and as much time singing and frolicking in the wild as I could but I didn't know how to do it so I was piecing my life together and I felt very frustrating at the time because of how skint I was. Do you know where now? Yeah I know everything now. Wow. Oh I had an epiphany it's brilliant. When Um, did the epiphany come? It came in 2018 I went on a little sabbatical. (laughs) The whole year was just travelling and sleeping in the back of a car and climbing mountains and rock climbing and swimming and surfing and just that immersed myself in the wild. This is where all of my creativity inspiration comes from. And I really found myself and I knew what I enjoyed and I knew where I needed to be in order to be the best version of myself and in order to create prolifically and well. And that was to gain inspiration from outside. It sounds really cliche, but it was like up a mountain or something, or in a forest somewhere. I was like, yeah, this is what I need to do to find me and keep me. So it wasn't one particular place, it was the totality of It was the totality of, of 2018. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was a great year. You had your wilding experience. Yeah, it was really, really good. I recommend. Do you feel in touch with nature and landscapes and places? Yeah, well, I always did, but that was something else. It was like, you know, when you're in the depths of despair and you've had a really ordeal. I won't go into it, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. can relate when you feel just done and you've got nothing left to give. And then you don't expect it, but something lifts you out of that. And mm. it was that whole experience of just being in the world and just not having anything else to do apart from being in the world and experiencing it whichever way you felt comfy doing at the time. But pushing boundaries as well, like being a little bit scared to climb or surf, it made you feel more alive mm. than ever. And that's what it did for me. I love that you had that. Yeah. And so since I vowed that I would always keep that part of my life, that I would never stray from the wild ever again, because that's what grounds us. And since, it's worked out really well, because my mental health improved, my life, my physical life manifested into something absolutely wonderful. Like, I'm really enjoying life at the moment, in a really nice place. And I honestly place it all on that pivotal year. (laughs) I love the tiny little clapping hands. (laughs) It's like on the TikTok videos with the tiny hands. (laughs) You need some of those on your fingers. But that sense of being in touch with the wild mm-hmm. and using your surroundings yeah. has come into Ghosts. Your 100%. new album, your new release. Yeah. That's sort of music plus. Music plus, I like that. <laughs> that's going to be what describes me. Music plus. <laughs> right, my bio's getting deleted, so I'm putting music plus. Can I have that? <laughs> you can, as long as Disney allow it. Oh my God, yeah, Disney Plus. <laughs> anyway. You've used field recordings and found sound from wild places. And there's lovely sounds like birds and beaches and waves mm-hmm. and rainstorms. And it's beautiful. Yeah, so I try to include little snippets of the wild wherever I can because everything I do is an ode to that inspiration I felt because of the wild so I kind of want to give back I want to give it some credit (laughs) and not like I don't want to dismiss it in any way because it was really really important So I feel like the culmination of everything that I've experienced because of immersing myself into wild places has become this sound art project. I thought I need to put it into a tangible exhibition or album or something. Mm-hmm. 
The feelings that I had about the experience I'd had in different places up and down the northeast coastline had gotten so big and vast and wide and had so many tendrils of detail. I needed to do more than just music this time. I needed to add something else. That you could touch and look at and smell and feel and I needed to create like a little biosphere around every place. So that's what I attempted to do with the Ghost Sound Art Project. Each place in my head ended up with a little piece of art. Included in the art were like elements of the actual physical place as well as ideas, mythology, story. It's all interwoven into the art piece. as well as history because I really wanted to tap into the heritage because I'm really interested in that as well. And the music reflected this, all of this, as well as including the found sound, which is a really unique little snippet of sound from the day that I actually experienced it and that I actually got the inspiration. So I just wanted it to sort of form its own little world and I wanted other people to experience these little worlds that I've created. So hopefully that is what happened. So not in any particular order, the, in the order of where I visited first. Really? Yeah, so it was. Fr it's like the inspiration grows with the places. So we're physically going on the journey with you as you explore. Yes. Ooh. I did not think of it in that light, but yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I thought from the, the fact that the sound style changes from being so exuberant at the beginning mm -hmm. and then slows down and sort of like crescendos but then goes back down again yeah you thought it was purposeful like I, a wave I did yeah that's good too G like Do you the wanna, sea like, <laughs> like why the... have I not done this <laughs> purposefully <laughs> no it was literally I just visited Lindisfarne first I knew about that first being there first got the experience and it stuck with me in chronological order in my brain let's dive into one of those little worlds yeah the first track on the album Warrior it's certainly, for me, it's the most, like, upbeat. It's the most celebratory. Yeah. <laughs> Warrior is based on Lindisfarne, or Holy Island, the place that I visited. and Holy Island, that's that island that's not an island sometimes. Because yeah, it's so there's a causeway. So it floods. <laughs> that was the worst description. <clears throat> that was island. great. <laughs> yeah. So Holy Sorry. Island, if you've never been before, it's just up the coast, off Northumberland, off the shore. And when the tide's in, you can't obviously get there. But when the tide's out, you can go over the little causeway and it's got a priory on it, a little village. And island life seems very sleepy and very chill until all of the tourists <laughs> go across the causeway in the summer. Mm. But I like to visit places in the winter. So when I went, 
it wasn't depths of winter but it was colder so not many people were there and I actually ran around the island with John John was with us because he's very active and gets me into things so we ran all the way around the island it's like being on the edge of the world and all you can see is sea for miles it gives you just such a good feeling of being tiny and it really humbles you I love that feeling so I could just sit on Linda's font and sing to myself forever but I couldn't do that so I thought what I'll do is <laughs> I'll take a piece of it home with us so I collected some little stones and sand and some little bits to remember by as well as some found sound and memories and inspo and it turned into Warrior the song Oh visited the little local museum so I learned all the history about the island while I was there and to be there to know the history and then to go and touch it feel it smell it taste it it was an experience so this song is based on the image of the Vikings coming over the horizon on the ships on the long ships and I imagined myself being a monk in the priory and what it would feel like to see that on the horizon and the fear that would come and the what do you do next thoughts and it really was very intense and then I imagined what the Vikings would feel like seeing that and thinking, yes, we are going to loot this. And that would mean wealth for them that would sustain the families. Try to think of it from both perspectives and write a song that encapsulated the vibe of that feeling that I got whilst imagining the history happening. <laughs> There's only a few words in these pieces. Yeah. I think lyrics bring a different meaning to songs altogether. You focus more on what the person's saying than what the actual song is. And it was less about telling a story through words and more telling a story through vibration created inspirationally well, by the place. That's all music is, isn't it? It's yeah. just vibrations in our ears. 100%, yeah. One of my favourite musicians, mm -hmm. I'd say probably my favourite, his name is, um, well, he goes by Radical Face. Right. And I think it's Ben Cooper. Yeah, I've got him on my playlist. You do? <gasps> But he has an album that's just entirely composed of, of, of sound and music. I love that, yeah. And then, just instrumental. And... and you might like the way that you use <clears throat> field recordings. You remind me of a lot of his like his family tree albums, which use a lot of found sound and recordings and rain. and. Yeah. I just think any time I've heard other people use found sound, mm. they're all on my playlists. I've yes. realised I love the element of bringing the real world, in, like the outside in. It really, really keys me into what's going on in the music. So I wanted to include that in mine as well because it brings you to the present moment. Hmm. And I love that. High five. I wish we had a tiny hands. Oh, okay. One more tiny high five. Tiny high five. Tiny high five. <laughs> I think we've lost it. The sauna's too hot. Whew. 
one thing that you talked about that I want to pick up on and run with is this idea that the sound art exists alongside visual pieces as well. Yeah. And you've had these exhibited in a couple of different places at the moment. Yes. Well, I initially put the pictures up in Pop Rex. And I wanted to do that because it's local. Shout out to Pop Rex. Yeah, we love man. you. We love Pop Rex. Michael has been a big supporter of mine for a while as well. And I'm really, really grateful for that. So I wanted to be able to have it somewhere local where people in the same vein as me, sort of creatives and artists and everyone really cool goes to Pop Rex. So I wanted to put it in a cool place for the cool people to see and see what they think about it. Because it's my first sound art project that I've ever released. I have made them secretly. But it's the first one I felt brave enough and felt that has the most substance to be able to put out into the world. So, yeah, it went really well and they were really nice. And the people who were there whilst I was actually putting it up were really supportive and nice because I was very nervous to go and physically hang the pictures. You don't understand how nervous I was to do that. It was a thing. I didn't realise how much of a thing it was until I got there and I was like, I hope they stay on the wall when I fall off. Like, honestly... Even when I was putting things up, people were coming and looking in, asking about it. And I was like, oh, this is just lovely to be able to have conversations that are triggered by experience and heritage and creativity. And to be able to talk about all these things in such a lovely setting in Sunderland about the Northeast. And I thought that I hit the nail on the head in the first hour of them being on the wall. That's all I wanted, really. I don't need any more validation than that. (laughs) That's amazing. As someone else who works in audio myself as well, the idea of having something that is tangible and physical and also mapped closely because you said that you've collected sound from these places with your little Zoom H2 recorder, but also you've got bits of I've got sand from Bamber Beach. I've Mm. got seaweed from South of Lighthouse, like actual tangible bits of things from each place, which obviously connects directly to Mm. the landscape, directly to what inspired the pieces and you got to see it as well you got to be at the exhibition and talk with people looking Mm -hmm. at your work i didn't do an opening because i didn't have time i was at work and had gigs as well so Mm. i would have loved to busy time of year yeah i would have loved to have sat and just been there and told everyone to come and had a drink with them and talk to them about it but even though i didn't do that people would go to pop Rex and then come to the cafe where i was working in the good apple and talk about it so the fact that they'd made the effort to walk to see it and then to walk to talk about it was so nice like I was really overwhelmed with how interested and how complimentary people were and how I got loads of different viewpoints about the places and the landscapes that I'd used and lots of different experiences that other people had had there and I think it was really nice that it created this dialogue about shared experience because that's what it's about being human is about shared experience right So it's nice that it was triggering all of these different conversations that maybe we wouldn't have had if I didn't do it. And isn't that what art is all about? (laughs) Heck yeah, art is the business of emotion. Ooh, I love that. Music plus the business of emotion. I'm keeping all of these, (laughs) Jay. And then just like people travelled from one location to the next to (laughs) talk to you about your work, so too did your art also travel to the Good Apple. Indeed. It decided to go and live in the Good Apple for one week, two weeks. And yeah, all of my regular customers were all very intrigued because I'd been in Nark magazine previously and we stocked that in the Good Apple and it all had a look and thought, oh, 
Shannon does that as well. Like a lot of them didn't realise. You what do I, so much. What I do outside of the cafe and right. all. Which already is like a busy job. You're there like what twenty five hours a week. Uh, twenty. Twenty. Around okay. about twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Already it's a, chunk. a big chunk of time. Yeah, it's a chunk, but I love it because it's really flexible. And Donna, my boss, is the most flexible, understanding, lovely woman. She really, really gets what being creative is about and if I need time off she's never once said no like Mm. she's just so nice and understanding yeah so it's just a really nice family atmosphere in the Good Apple Cafe and I'm really lucky to have such supportive workmates and feel so supported so that's why it went to the Good Apple as well and all of the customers were lush about it and where does it live now it's currently at my house actually Souter Lighthouse got in touch to say they wanted to see it, so I'm gonna go and. Is it pronounced Souter? Souter. Oh, right, I, I have. Souter. That's <gasps> different, Jay. Oh what? We've hit a thing. <laughs> so my boyfriend's from company John, who I'm in Yuma with, is also my partner. In case everyone. I didn't did not know. know that. Yeah, did you not? No. Oh yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Okay. So we're Yay. together. We live together, <laughs> and um, he says Souter. Yeah. Souter lighthouse. Souter. And I say Souter. Yeah. And you say Souter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. so what is it? I don't, well, it's probably not. I mean, what do the locals say? Well, it's a mixture between Souter and Souter. Oh. I think it depends what side of the river you're on. So I'm from Huddersfield in mm-hmm. West Yorkshire, and there's a place close by called Slathwaite. Okay. At least it's spelt Slathwaite. Right. And the locals pronounce it Slawit. Oh, my God. But then on the news, Does at one point, no, they say Slathwaite. Oh. And it's like, I remember my granddad, like, getting really Being quite really angry. Being really annoyed. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you saying? It's not slate, mate. Slough it. <laughs> oh, because it's funny, isn't it? Dialect attached. is so interesting. Yes. I love that. I'm thinking now I might have to do a piece on dialect and that would be fun. Let's make a project on dialect. Let's do it. I mean, I'm keen to work with other sound artists because. Should we do like we need to think about something and do? We're gonna, we're gonna. See, I can't choose my favourite track because they're all associated with different places that I love. But this vibe of this song, I feel like I nailed the vibe of Bamburgh Castle and the history that surrounds it with this tune. <laughs> to me, thinking about... The fact that Bamber Castle is like located on top of a crag, it overlooks the sea, it's like a stronghold for thousands of years for loads of different rulers all the way through history. Just thinking about the magnitude and the scale of time that has passed 
with that being a thing, with the castle or the stronghold at least, it was originally wooden. But imagine. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's wild when you dive into it. A Jay. wooden castle. It was a fort initially, okay. but it was atop the crag that the castle was on. So there's always been a stronghold there for like thousands of years. Of all of the tracks in the album, this is the this one is that the one that you think most captures yeah. the place. The place and the vibe. Because I've noticed on, on your band camp, which is where I've listened to these tracks initially, mm-hmm. you haven't divulged which places no. the songs are. Is, is there a reason for that? There isn't a reason for that. It's because I've done most of the talking about it in person to people mm. rather than putting it online. I haven't put anything online specifically to tell people. I should, thinking about it. Unless you're intentionally leaving it open to interpretation. Yeah, I felt like I needed to find out how it would go down and how people would link different places to sound themselves first. You were anxious, weren't you? I was terrified. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to be like, and I'm a history nerd, and I'm, I do art, and here is an essay about... Like, I got proper stressed about people thinking I'm too much, because oh. that is a thing. But after doing it and talking to people, and people totally getting it without me even having to say... That was really cool. So maybe now I'll, I'll divulge the story behind each one on the internet as well. <laughs> the found sound on this track is it's crows and ravens. And they've got a nest, like a little rookery, in the middle of the village green in Bamber Town. Okay. I was there really early in the morning because we'd slept in the car on the coast. And then we went to get breakfast in the village. And they were all squawking. And, and I was like, wow, how long has there been a rookery in Bamber Village Green, probably years. And a medieval sort of superstition thing, tying back to the history and the heritage of the place, was if your town slash settlement or farm or wherever you live didn't have a rookery, then it would foretell doom, like bad times. You wouldn't be able to have any crops that grow. You would perish under circumstances if you didn't have a rookery. So I wondered if the fact that the castle and the village were so close to such a prominent... (laughs) rookery because there was loads of birds maybe that the birds have been there for thousands of years and nested there as well for thousands of years and i thought i need to get this sound captured and put onto the track so there are real crows in real time from bambra at about seven o'clock in the morning in november is that the best time to get crows well it is if you don't want tourists saying wow look at them birds in the background <laughs> wow <laughs> i get excited about things can mm, you tell i can tell yeah, so it's funny to look at a place that you love, but with historical context and with mythological context as well. If you look into like the local legends and lore, a lot of things that you didn't realise are very, very prominent in those, those areas. Hmm. So like, for example, horseshoes on doors. We all have seen horseshoes on barn doors, on back doors, on garage doors. And the idea of them collecting luck inside them with the shape. Yes, as well. If it's If it's in Scotland, for example... They say that iron fairies, bad fae, are allergic to oh. iron. So you'd put it on the barn door, oh. protect your livestock from fairy curses and things. Wow. Isn't it mad? There's <laughs> just a whole other world that I live in. <laughs> Is it called ghosts because of it's collecting moments of the past and of history? And bringing it to the forefront like a ghost. Oh. Just reappearing from the past. The sound of some of the tracks to me is, I would describe it as ethereal. Mm-hmm. And then you call ghosts ethereal, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you would. It's just, I try to encapsulate threads of history, threads of modern life, 
threads of people's perceptions, myth, folklore and reality and weave it all into one big tapestry of music and art. I tried, that's what I tried to do and hopefully I succeeded. I feel like people realise more what the different threads are when I talk about it to them in person. So hopefully if you're listening to this you understand a bit more what I was getting at. (laughs) Shannon, that was brilliantly composed oh thanks so for you in terms of moving forward with ghosts it's a four track is yeah. there a plan to extend ghosts as a project or are you looking at moving on to the next so the genres and the folk tales and folk songs from my ancestral background mm. so i've been doing my family tree and things and i've always been interested in where my influences come from if it's anything to do with family connections in the past and things you know I'm a history nerd so I really want to know this I've got a lot of Scottish in me I've got German and like a bit of Swedish comes from somewhere apparently and Irish as well so I've been delving into all of those avenues of folk music listening to what kind of music would come from that background and I really really like it and it's sort of my jam so I was like that must have something to do with it from ghosts I might go on to make another album like Ghosts but pulling from the ancestral sort of vibe I might visit different places on the ancestral sort of map so maybe I'll go to Sweden and maybe I'll Mm. get inspiration from Sweden and come back and make a song about it I don't know that's why you should go for a DYCP bid because then you could get the flights potentially covered and the cost of residency honestly this has all went through my brain Mm. 100% I know it's there to do Mm. it's just honestly gee I can't get around to doing it I've had lots going on recently and I'm like when will I have five seconds to just zone in on my thing but then I see this as difficult I would imagine to perform the songs because of the use of loop pedals and the use of extra material um actually I've got a live version oh so I've this is another thing I've been working on when on the quiet so obviously I'm going to wanna we can talk about it yeah (laughs) So I'm going to want to perform it live at some point. Uh Next year, the aim for next year is I have a whole album in the works. It won't be Ghosts vibe. That was a completely side project because I obviously didn't have lyrics or anything. But um, along the same ethereal, folky vibe, I've written an album and I'm in the process of recording and mixing it um, and rehearsing it with the band. And then hopefully it'll be ready to come out on Summer Solstice 2023. And then I'll be doing a little mini tour at the end of next year, hopefully. You keep saying next year. Do you mean 2023? Oh, sorry, yeah, 2023. <laughs> it's because, you know, I'm thinking I'm still in December. I haven't caught up yet. It's okay. I'm still in 2019. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, 20, this year, yeah. So Summer Solstice this year, yeah. I'll have an album and then I'll tour it at the, in September time-ish. Amazing. So that's the the goal. And you said with a, a band. With a band, it's yeah. like it's more instruments than just you and it's John. It's the Shannon Pearl band. The, oh my god! Yeah, I've got some talented people. I've recruited them because they're all like my really good friends, and they're so good at what they do. And luckily for me, they've all agreed to be in my band, and they really like the songs, and they have an input as well. So it won't just be me. I'll have written the songs, but they're gonna record the parts and have some creative control as well that is amazing um there's going to be like banjo there's going to be most likely double bass there's going to be string parts live so this is all going to be so juicy and nice okay this is exciting yeah i'm really really excited to do it i find it super interesting that you're releasing the album on summer solstice yeah 
and then you released this on the full moon in December, Ghosts yeah. Project. Yes, everything in cycles on purpose. So I'm not a religious person. I wouldn't say I was religious at all. I am very spiritual. I just go with nature. Whatever nature does is the right way to go. So any nature-based spirituality is me. Down to the leaf earrings. Oh, 100%. These are my best earrings ever. I've they're recently gorgeous. repaired them because they're broke and now they're back. Anyway. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, so I try to incorporate my spirituality and my belief systems and anything I can get in there which conveys the message that I want to. Nature is God. Like, to me, we should really look after our planet. I'm really, really into looking after the environment because we live here. Duh. Um, so if I can get that in, I will. It's like cyclically, I go with the moon. So alongside that... Okay, that's project number one and number two. Yeah. <laughs> number three. This is all going on. <laughs> okay. Project number three... Is I'm completely out of the music industry. I'm following another career path, which is to be a celebrant. And if you don't know what a celebrant is, a lot of people don't for some reason. It's, it's quite a new words, thing. It's like, a new thing on the scene. Right. What would you call it, Luna? An officiant? The person at the front of the... The wedding like, procession. <laughs> yes. If you're not religious. Oh. This okay. is the thing. Yes. So if you don't want to have like a Christian or a specific religion ceremony, yeah. then you can have a humanist one or you can call it a wedding celebration and you can base it on whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You can have sort of intertwining religions, different ritual elements if you want to. Do you know what I mean? So I'll be the person who writes the ceremony for these kinds of weddings that aren't specifically religious. But I'm also going on a pilgrimage so I can be specifically pagan as well. And we can do healing ceremonies and all sorts. And it's going to be amazing. I do want to hire you, honestly. Oh, please do. Will you marry me, Shannon? <laughs> of course I will, darling. Yeah, my cousin was like, Shannon, you do realise when I get married, you are not doing it. And I was like, why? And she was like, because oh. you're just going to reenact that scene <laughs> of um, the Princess Bride where he goes, marriage. <laughs> Now it's just a thing that brings us together today. And I was like, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> so, Lauren, I'm not doing yours. Please tell me about Holy. It's less about a place and more about an object which has been to many places but encapsulates a vibe about them all. So basically I went to York Minster and below the Minster there's a little museum where you can go and have a look at some artefacts that were found in the excavation of the basement and there's a lot of viking things there there's a lot of clay pots and there was a comb which a viking used to comb his hair which was wild there's a lot of old masonry work like original masonry work that was fell down and it's just so intricate and beautiful and then in the corner in a little dark corner there was something glowing and i was like what is that so i went over and it was a book open like you know on fairy tales where it begins with a book on the screen open at a page it was like that and I was like oh my god am I going to get a quest or something what is this and it turns out that was the York gospel the book itself you know how there's the Lindisfarne gospel mm-hmm. this was the one 
the York Gospel. And inside it is a lot of hymns, letters, there's a lot of information about the church and how to run ministers and communications between churches spanning a thousand years. It was a thousand years old, this book. And me just looking at it and reading that little tab that said it was a thousand years old, I don't know, it did something to my brain. I was like, how many people have held this book, looked at it, who wrote it, who contributed to the information in it? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that is wi- that's a wild thought, right? You can't really put a thousand years of history straight in your mind. It had letters from King Canute in there. So I was, like, trying to read this book. I couldn't because, you know, like, fancy handwriting is not compatible with my eyes. So I thought, right, I'm going to take a little picture of this and take it home and do more research. So when I did, I found that some of the hymns written 900 years ago were in there and I had taken a photo of a page with a piece of this 900-year-old hymn on. So John can read music. I try, but I can't. So I was like, John, will you please play this little piece of music that I've taken a photo of out of this book? So he did. And it was so strange. It was like really dissonant Imagine church hymns where the harmonies are really far apart, so mm. they sound sort of heavenly, but slightly give you anxiety. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was I like do, yeah. that. So I thought, right, I'm going to take this little quotation of music that has given me all these feels, and I'm going to use it. Oh, wow. This is where it links back to my song, Holy. So I've used the quotation of music out of the York Gospel. No, but that's amazing. That's, that's You're adding, in a sense, to you saying... Oh, my God, gee, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh, you're getting it. So <laughs> I use this as the basis of the loop. So I create my songs uh-huh. on a loop pedal. Which is so skillful. It's hard. Like, I had yeah. to learn how to do it. It was a new skill in itself, trying to get to know how to work loop pedals. So I well sang... Thank you. I sang this little quotation once I knew what the notes were. Mm. And then I built um, sort of a harmony and a selection of melodies around it, played with them, and I thought, you know what? I've built it up too much. I wanted this to be really simple. That's why the repeating phrase you hear in Holy is the section out of the book. And then the phrases after that, that sort of answer it. <laughs> They represent sort of the layers of history added on top of the first initial quotation that I used from the book. Wow. And in the end, it comes to sort of a crescendo. It's a very short song. But yeah, you get the gist. I wanted to create the Mm. layers of time through the layers of harmony Mm. and add to a thousand-year-old song and bring the thousand-year-old song back to life in a different way. That's genius. It's just like there's so many, just like there's layers to this song, layers to your work as well. And oh, for me, like wild. I'm just a passive listener. I just hear a pretty track that's got beautiful singing and really nice harmonization. 
but there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, when you when you look at it with a little microscope, I didn't realize actually when I started this project how interwoven everything would be. Mm. We keep coming back to this tapestry sort of thing, but that's how it's built up in my head. I didn't realize how many strings and how many threads were involved in the whole thing. And looking at it now, especially with other people's input, since other people have experienced it, it's worked out really nicely into this full sort of picture that I didn't expect to come out of it. It's really, really nice. And everybody's picture of it is slightly different, which is lush, because it's all based on your own personal experience of the songs and the art mm. and the places. Driving through the snow last night, break lights reflected in your eyes. I remember an overwhelming feeling. I remember feeling like I Last time I saw you perform, and that was at the port night yeah, that yeah. you were doing with this little bird and ooh, that, that, James Berry. James Berry. <laughs> and I can't remember his band name, so don't ask me. I've told him a million times he needs to change it so I get it right. <laughs> it's so long. The best folk rock band ever. From? Out of Fullwell. Out of Fullwell. The best ever folk rock band out of Fullwell. That's it. So Jesus. you know the details, it's just the audio. Yeah, they're just the wrong way around. <laughs> 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 sort it out, James. <laughs> but you were doing a huge mix of different material from different points of your career. career yeah. We being humour. Yeah, we you being me and John. John. We never really get to do all versions of all of our songs because we have a lot of different material from spanning about 10 years. So it's like the development of our craft mm. and the style of our song changes over the years. So they kind of don't fit together, really, mm. in the genre that we are now putting out or that we are known for. I would say it's more bluesy, but some of them are more pop, really pop. I some of them the are more pop one. Yeah, you love I the love Christmas, the Christmas one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What was that? That was... Uh, Christmas I said, I wanna be sad, so call me tonight. You really loved it. I did. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Saw it in my face. Yeah, that's a bop. It's kind of weird. I was sat, like, I think this same distance away from you now. Yeah, it was quite a cosy gig. <laughs> so We're going to do another one, actually, March, because okay. uh, we realised a lot of things are going on in February and we need to spread things out a bit. So I'm going to talk to Gerard about it. I am so, so thrilled that you're doing another. Seriously. Yeah, well, it was very popular. We got loads of messages afterwards saying that was mint. Are you going to make it a regular yeah, so we're going to try and do Amazing. maybe two monthly. We're going to call it Port Live, obviously, because it just sounds good, doesn't it? been an absolute pleasure to have you in the sauna with me today i've enjoyed it i'm very warm and warmed <laughs> to the core by our conversation and there <laughs> yeah i've enjoyed it so much 
thank you so much and i look forward to working with you in the future on our mad projects that we're probably going to come up with and that is all from today's arty party my name is joe sykes thank you for dropping in Arty Party is made possible thanks to support from our generous Patreon supporters. That's photographic artist Joe Howell and visual artist Stephanie Smith. Want to join them? Our supporters get a mention in every episode of the podcast. And we have a date for our first speed arting event, which we would love for you to come and join on the 10th of March 2023 at Hills Arts Centre. This event will be supported by funding from the Arts Council England and the National Lottery Heritage Fund through the Unlock Strand of Sunderland Culture's Great Place Scheme.